This Week in Agriculture, a production of the Red River Farm Network. With a look at markets, I'm Kara Hart. The grain markets closed higher Friday. Livestock markets closed mixed. Progressive Ag Marketing Market Analyst Brian Strauman says a few factors offered support to the wheat complex on Friday, including a smaller planted area in Ukraine. The dryness in the southern plains affecting winter wheat progress is also top of mind, but soybeans started to firm going into the afternoon as well. The upside that has been limited with the uh, soybean meal market that's been down 11 out of the last 12 sessions. Uh, estimates of, uh, again, larger numbers for uh, next Wednesday's report are also planting in Brazil, and uh, that is limiting the upside. But a decent day as far as the, the uh, soybeans. Allendale is forecasting corn production at 13.9 billion bushels. U.S. soybean production is forecast at 4.4 billion bushels. That's on par with the latest USDA estimate for corn production and slightly higher for soybeans. The brokerage firm is predicting the average corn yield nationwide at 172.4 bushels per acre. Soybean yields in the U.S. are forecast just below 51 bushels per acre. USDA will release its next supply demand report on Wednesday. While the U.S. is harvesting corn and soybeans, Brazilian farmers are starting to plant. Brazilian crop agency CONAB is forecasting Brazil's 2022-23 soybean crop at a record 152.4 million metric tons. Last year's soybean crop in Brazil was the second largest ever despite their drought. Brazil's corn crop is forecast at 126.9 million tons, also a record if realized. Summit Commodities Market Analyst Tim Marsh says South America is a quiet but active market factor right now. Planting progress in Brazil is on pace with previous years. The thing that, de that determines and can dictate how that all goes is whether or not we're in a La Nina or an El Nino. And we're still in a La Nina right now, which would indicate drier conditions down there, but it's not, it's fading. The La Nina is fading. It's predicted to, to phase out by the time we get to their growing season. So the fact that they're on pace to plant the soybean crop at a normal pace means that their second corn crop, which is a double crop on top of their soybean crop, could get planted normally. Back in the U.S., basis levels for harvest delivery beans have been strong most of the season. With better than expected yields for soybeans, basis levels are starting to widen in the north. Van On Company market analyst Christy Van On says it's not bad, though. Overall, given the history of where we've seen bean basis before, it is still very strong. Corn is hit and miss, right? You know, I've been a little bit disappointed because here in Minnesota, our corn basis is really strong. There's been some great basis pushes for harvest delivery on, on corn. I'm not quite seeing that yet for um, the Dakotas, and, and that's been a little bit on the disappointing side. The barge back up on the Mississippi River due to low water levels is starting to reflect in basis across the region. Van On says that may stick around longer term. OPEC and its allies, including Russia, will cut oil production by 2 million barrels per day to boost prices. This starts in November. Total Farm Marketing Senior Market Advisor Naomi Bloom says a 2 million barrel per day production cut is significant. Middle Eastern countries, you know, essentially digging their heels in and saying, well, if, you know, we're thinking that global demand might be down because of global economic certainties, well, we'll, we'll meet that by cutting production, and that's how they can keep their prices higher. It also just adds another level of uncertainty, especially as the war with Ukraine-Russia continues. Um, so now if there's any additional supply disruptions, 
um, it makes a case for higher price energy again. A friendly reminder, Monday is Columbus Day. The markets are open with regular hours. However, USDA reports normally released Monday. The export inspections and crop progress and conditions will instead be released on Tuesday. That's a look at markets this week in agriculture. I'm Kara Hart on the Red River Farm Network. Every livestock farmer knows they can't control the weather. Recent growing seasons have shown rain can be hard to come by at times. Now you can add protection with a pasture rangeland forage policy through Egg Country Farm Credit Services. PRF policies help protect you against future yield losses caused by a lack of rain. Better yet, they're customizable and can cover hay and pasture acres. To learn about a PRF policy, contact your local Egg Country office today. Before I started working as a soil scientist. Before I became a systems engineer. I found out science is cool. I did my first lab experiment. In 4-H. In 4-H. You never know when a spark will ignite the imagination. That's why 4-H is fostering one million new scientists and engineers for America's future workforce. With the help of companies and universities around the country. One million new scientists. One million new ideas. Learn more at 4-H.org. With a look at farm news this week in agriculture, I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. The U.S. Supreme Court heard arguments on a case regarding the waters of the United States this week. Sackett versus EPA took a closer look at how expansive the Clean Water Act is in terms of wetlands. Rinky Noonan attorney Kale Van Bruggen says the outcome of this case is important for agriculture. The concern in egg country is adding another layer of red tape or another layer of bureaucracy to these wetlands that are regularly being farmed and operated as part of our living um, out here in the Prairie Pothole region. The Surface Transportation Board will meet again to review the proposed merger of the Canadian Pacific and Kansas City Southern Railroads. North Dakota Grain Dealers Association past president Mark Hovland testified in favor of the merger. North Dakota, being a captive rail state, is beholden to the two Class 1 carriers that service it. Freight rates in North Dakota are some of the highest in the country when compared to similar hauls out of states with um, more freight options. We feel this action will strengthen competition between those carriers, which will improve the economic condition for all North Dakota rail shippers, shippers regardless of what carrier they are on. Hovland, who manages the Pheasant Co-op Association, said this merger will have an impact on rates and services. The Mosaic Company is reporting modest damage to its facilities in central Florida due to Hurricane Ian. The company expects phosphate production to be down 200,000 to 250,000 tons. That will be split between the third and fourth quarter of the year. Repairs are expected to be completed over the next one to two weeks. In addition to production problems, Mosaic faces port and rail closures. South of St. Louis, Missouri, Mississippi River levels remain low due to a lack of moisture. The low levels affect channel depth and width, meaning barges can't be unloaded as heavy as usual. In some instances, Soy Transportation Coalition Executive Director Mike Steenhoek says barges have grounded. When you have to light load a barge, every foot left of water depth you have available is the equivalent of putting 5,000 fewer bushels of soybeans per barge. And when you think about how a, a typical barge can handle 50,000 bushels of soybeans easily, you're looking at a 10% reduction just by mitigating that, that water depth one foot. And so we're, we're seeing 
light loadings of, of barges throughout the system. And even at some barge loading facilities, they're at their docks, they don't have sufficient depth to even load at all. Under normal conditions, the river can be the most efficient way to move heavy commodities long distances. That's not the case right now. Without major rains in the forecast for October, the situation is not expected to improve. It's going to require uh, a pretty significant amount of precipitation to really start turning this tide. So the unfortunate reality is grain handlers and shippers are, they have this expectation that it is going to be a challenge moving forward during the course of this harvest season. OPEC Plus and its allies, including Russia, will cut oil production by 2 million barrels each day to boost prices. This starts in November. Total Farm Marketing Senior Market Advisor Naomi Blom says a 2 million barrel per day production cut is significant and it's higher than traders were expecting. When crude oil reached $76, Blom encouraged farmers to lock in fuel needs for the rest of fall or into next spring. Right now, energy prices could still move higher. Especially as we're heading to winter with the Ukraine-Russia war still happening, and if there's any more production cuts out of that region, how that affects Europe, how that ultimately affects the United States and other countries around the world. So um, significant from that standpoint of more risk now of prices going up for energy than prices coming back down. And that's a look at farm news this week in agriculture. I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. A lot of things have changed over the years since cooperatives first took hold in North Dakota. But one thing that hasn't changed is the spirit of cooperation. For more than 90 years, Farmers Union has championed that spirit into member-owned cooperatives that provide valuable services and products to all North Dakotans. Join Farmers Union in celebrating the cooperative spirit that's alive in our communities and in us all. Because of its October, it's Co-op Month. Keep up to date on this year's harvest right here on the Red River Farm Network. Listen to Harvest Hotline Monday through Friday at 1237 on most of these Red River Farm Network stations. Sponsored by Ag Country Farm Credit Services, Amity Technology, and the North Dakota Mill. We'll talk with custom combiners, elevator managers, agronomists, and farmers about harvest progress, yields, and quality. Harvest Hotline, a daily feature on the Red River Farm Network. We're reporting agriculture's business. This week in weather, I'm Kara Hart on the Red River Farm Network. Central and western North Dakota along with northern South Dakota had a hard freeze this week. According to Endon, temperatures dropped to 12 degrees in Botno and Zeeland, North Dakota on Friday morning. Hazen got as cold as 14 degrees. Carrington reached 18 degrees. Rugby at 16 degrees. Going into the weekend, temperatures will rebound with the warmth starting in the western part of the Dakotas. Here's Bismarck-based National Weather Service meteorologist Alex Edwards. By Saturday, widespread 60s uh, will, be, uh, will be likely uh, even into the eastern parts of the region. Uh, we might see uh, some areas tomorrow morning uh, still fall below freezing once again, but really uh, the story across the region is that uh, t temperatures rebound. So we'll see 60s across uh, the northern plains on Saturday and then as well on Sunday and even uh, especially so on Monday. Uh, before the next cold front moves in, uh, Monday we'll be seeing highs in the from the mid-60s to even the low 70s in some places, which gets to about 10 degrees above normal now. La Nina will change up the weather in the next few months. Here's North Dakota Agricultural Weather Network Director Daryl Richeson. Because we're third-year La Nina, but I think a lot of people are going to be surprised how 
may noticeably different the weather will be in the next six to nine months over what it has been because the QBO being westerly with La Nina historically is a different animal than what we've seen the last couple of years. Richardson says the weather outlook favors drier than average weather. In fact, the U.S. drought monitor is saying that the drier conditions got worse across portions of South Dakota and Minnesota in the last week. North Dakota is dry too, but conditions stayed the same as the previous week. Commercial barge traffic on the southern Mississippi River is at a stop. 100 towboats and 1,600 barges have been lined up in Providence, Louisiana. At least other areas, at least two other areas on the river have also been shut down. The drought reduced water levels significantly. In fact, some barge lines are starting to force majeure loads as the Mississippi River levels continue to drop. That means lighter loads and restricted transit. Stonex Group. Director of Fertilizer Josh Linville says that is going to delay fertilizer coming north. This is one of those situations couldn't really happen at a worse time. And some people have been sitting there saying, well, it's okay because fertilizer doesn't get applied until 30 days from now. The reason why it's so important today is you've got to think through how long it takes to get material in place. And this is one of those things we've been trying to educate the market on. You know, if you load a barge in the Gulf of Mexico and you're moving it north, uh, some of these terminals that you're looking at take two, three, four weeks to get to. Um, it's not exactly a fast process, so you've got to move it up there, and that's where we start to get into a little bit of a hickey. Two, three weeks, we are looking at the fall season right in front of us. From a fertilizer perspective, though, Linville says that situation could be worse. Sugar beet harvest for the American Crystal Sugar Company continues following some heat shutdowns this week. Here's Red River Valley Sugar Beet Growers Association Executive Director Harrison Weber. Generally speaking, up and down the valley, we had some good reports uh, in pre-file, um, especially later on in pre-file, and and we've continued to build off of that as we move near into the campaign. And, um, you know, I think right now we're, we're looking at a, a strong 26-ton crop, certainly below uh, yield average. But in terms of total volume, because of our uh, extra acres we planted, you know, we're going to be we're going to be right there. Friends and neighbors of former Towner County, North Dakota farmer Doug Dolmage are showing up to lend a hand with harvest. FMC Territory Manager Bill Connor, a coast for a close friend of Dolmage says it started with wheat and flax in September. For three days this week, it's been all about soybean harvest. There's anywhere from, I guess, six to eight to ten combines, countless semis, grain cart drivers, people just showing up without equipment saying, I'll run a combine, people driving from 40, 50, 60 miles, um, and saying, I'll run combine for two days. He knew so many people through social media and farming and his seed business and his college years and farming and everybody just has been devastated by this and they they just want to help they want to show their respect and the comment that everybody's making is doug would have been the first one to show up on their farm if something bad ever happened that's a look at this week in weather i'm kara hart on the red river farm network the Right Choice program is a, is a program that's designed to utilize multiple varieties, whether it be varieties of corn or soybeans or sunflowers. It's a great way for our customers to look into our lineup a little bit deeper. It gives them a chance to, to, to see a couple products maybe they wouldn't, and uh, it's really something that everybody should be doing. You should plant multiple varieties every year anyway, and you get something back for it. God, who doesn't like free stuff, right? Need seed, think ProSeed. ProSeed.net, great seed at a reasonable price. Keep up to date on this year's harvest right here on the Red River Farm Network. Listen to Harvest Hotline Monday through Friday at 1237 on most